Hello everyone, um, welcome back to Movies IMO. I'm Brandon Kirby. I'm Ben Empey. I'm Daniel Crook. And we are your favorite film fags talking about film. Um, and today we are talking about... <laughs> and, and honestly, faggotry too. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about films and faggotry. And today we're here to talk about the Netflix film and Oscar contender Mudbound, which is the new film from... Uh, queer woman of color filmmaker Dee Reese, who we love and adore. Um, this film is a historical epic um, about a white family and a black family working on a farm. And the white family the owns plot. the farm, <laughs> and the black family—they are working for the white family and being taken taken advantage of in myriad ways. Right. The movie is examining racism from the period in the post-World War II right. era. Mm -hmm. And we are three whites talking about racism, so we will do the best we can. We are aware that we are not the the voice to be discussing this, but um, this is a film we love and we think is important. Um, it's just a really fucking good movie. I mean, like, it is. strip it of, like, all of the very important issues, like, that the film is talking about. Like, it's not an issue movie, which I actually think it gets talked about a lot uh in, in that way, but it's just a great fucking piece of filmmaking. Yeah. So Garrett Hedlund and Jason Mitchell, I would say are the leads of this. So they are two men who go off to war together. Well, not together. Not together, but they each go to war and then they return home and deal with the fall, not a fallout, I guess, yeah. of they're dealing with racism. And, and PTSD as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Mary J. Blige wears really cool sunglasses, which we bring up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> She brings the chicken's neck. Yeah. It is wild. Um, so yeah, we uh, we talk about that film uh, and encourage everyone to go see that. And then we are also discussing on this episode uh, the lay of the land of awards season right now. And we go through the Oscar categories and give our current predictions based mm -hmm. on what has been released and what we know about the current race. Um, and we, yeah. talk, we talk about this on the episode, but I do think that it's interesting to talk about the Oscars on a Mudbound episode because this is a movie that really should be considered a frontrunner in a lot of major categories, and yet is this sort of elusive, like, are they in the conversation or are they not in the conversation? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it yeah, it's a fitting theme for this episode. Yes. <laughs> Not a theme, but yeah. just another thing we talk, yeah. talk about. We're all pretty hungover um, as well. <laughs> Our brains are a little jumbled yeah. today. But you know what? I'm just glad to be here we, with, with you two guys. We went to bed across the table. 4 a.m. last night. We, we all went out together. We did. Yeah, it was yeah, really so, believe that. Sadly, we're a little... We're a little... Uh, we did something a little fuzzy. that was not related to the podcast. All yeah. three of us. For the first time in a while. Yeah. yeah, for the yeah, there wasn't with other, well, I guess there were other people at this party. Right. So apologies for our if we sound like our brains are mush. It's because they are. <laughs> uh, but yes. Um, so anyway, hope you enjoy. Okay, shut up. <laughs> Why does the Mudbound IMDb page have a photo of Jacqueline Bissett? What? <laughs> what do you mean? In the photos, it's her at an event for Mudbound, but it's. Not labeled in the thumbnail. Oh, that's not oh, mine. Oh, I, I don't have that. Oh, I don't. Have Unfortunately, that I don't Do have they that. Pick photos at random. Uh, Mine's Carrie Mulligan at a at a Ford. Uh, me too. Fiesta. That's really funny. Oh, look at her leopard. Slippers. Tragically anachronistic. Look at her mm. slippers. Look at that hat. <laughs> look, at, I I love her haircut in this movie. Me too. Sort of like a rag doll. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Click two Bob. over and you get a nice shot of Garrett Hedlund. Ooh. <laughs> 
He is all hot black. in this film. He is hot. When they film. started hooking he's up, drinking I water. was like, yes. Yes. When Jamie and... Um, Ronzel starts spending all that time together. I did start wondering uh, if things were going to get intimate. I was Ooh. hoping. I that would have been My fingers nice. were crossed. Yeah. My yeah. legs were crossed and my fingers were crossed. Nice. <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I wanted it to. Well, sometimes friendship has a palpable tension. The sexual well, tension? Yes, exactly. Not I mean, they're just sucking on those cigs and... <laughs> Sharing their deepest as secrets. much as we In want a every whiskey. movie to have gay undertones. My favorite it can't be every. My movie. favorite is that in the that you thought in the Florida Project that um, uh, his son might possibly be, be his lover. lover. Yeah, I love that. We all do it. We all subscribe our little gay hopes and dreams mm-hmm. inside these movies. Mm-hmm. We're looking for anything to grasp on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jamie Ronsell slash fanfic is my next project. Mm. I've never written slash fanfic before or any fanfic, but yeah. this is a good This is going to be your point. first start. Yeah. Great. You um, can self-publish on Amazon now and make a pretty penny. Yeah. Of porn. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Can porn I just, via pen. Can I just bring up the fact that Rachel Morrison won Best Cinematography yeah. with the Newark mm-hmm. Film Critics Circle? It's very exciting. I believe she's the first woman to ever win that prize from the New York Film Critics Circle. Yeah. yeah. Which is very exciting. Because it is a very gorgeously shot movie. Yeah. I find the photography interesting in this movie for a couple reasons. Uh, I was initially off-put by it just a tiny bit. I was nervous about it Mm -hmm. because it's so clearly a digital aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And I talked to you about this bit after the movie, but with period pieces, like oftentimes... A digital, like digital versus film can expose the artifice of like the sets and the costumes. Like it's so crystal clear that you can tell that that bookshelf has not actually been in this house for 75 years, you know, but that is not the case in Mm -hmm. Leadbound because it is, the world is so vividly brought to life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it ends up having a similar effect, I think, to Public Enemies, um, the Michael Mann movie that used, controversially used digital. Yeah. Um. To tell the story, it makes Mudbound feel even more contemporary, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That first, maybe not the first shot, it is the first shot, with the Carrie Mulligan uh, voiceover, and they're just, it, she's just stepping through the mud, and it's that... Is that the beautiful. first shot? I don't think it is the first shot. The first it's, shot it's is... in the first scene. It's in the yeah. first scene, but the first shot is them mm-hmm. in the rain, right? Yeah, and, yeah, they're, and, dealing and they're digging the, uh, right, Pappy's grave. Yeah. grave. So the scene after that. Yeah. The next... The voiceover is another thing that I was initially um, trepidatious about. It is yeah. about winning, winning mm-hmm. the over. Because in the beginning, some of them at best sound like Terrence Malick, and some of them at worst sound like recent Terrence Malick. Um, <laughs> but it ended up being a great Rashomon on the whole story. Yeah, and it, I liked it in the end. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Yeah, usually I'm not a fan of voiceover, but here the way they overlap and... Yeah. It's, it, it totally it, it works. Hits at the end. It's such a sprawling movie. Um, it makes sense to have seven different narrators. Yeah. Plus, so much of this movie is about the way that different people have different perspectives on similar events, mm-hmm. um, and how the color of your skin and your class can uh, negatively shape um, what would be a fairly benign experience for someone else. And obviously, once you get a window into everybody's head through the voiceover, it helps to bring that to life, too. And the only person who doesn't have voiceover is Pap, because you don't need it for him, because, no, because he that's... is the only character who is one-dimensional and that that he presents exactly what he is. Yeah. In, in the same way that um, in 
I said this already, but in I, Tanya, like every time Alice and Janney talks to uh, Margot Robbie, she's like, I don't like you. And in this, like <laughs> everything Pap says is like racist, 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 blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and sometimes he feels a little bit like a device, but that also is exactly how a lot of people still think today, not mm-hmm. just in the South. So it, it works, but it occasionally feels a bit like a script device to me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I love Jonathan Banks so much that I'm just sort of naturally inclined to like him which i didn't at all in this movie of course Mm -hmm. from the get-go but seeing him on the poster i was like oh my god what if he plays like wizened like the sage on the farm (laughs) like the sort of magical senior citizen and unfortunately that was (laughs) not not, that was not what happened truly does not no he's a vile character (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know where to begin with this it's so i think we started We have started, that Most, is true. <laughs> we have to harness the momentum. <laughs> we have to get through this. Um, <laughs> the uh, Let's talk about the sprawling nature of it. Yeah, please. let's. Because I think it tries to do too much. I think it is a very good movie, but mm-hmm. it does, I think it sort of loses moments in the pace that it has to keep up because there's so much plot to get yeah, through. I think that's right. Um, I didn't feel that. Hmm. It felt like a, I mean, it's adapted from a novel, but right. for me, it and felt you like, can tell. you can tell, and and for some people, like, that might be a bad thing, but for me, it just felt like you're getting through a very rich, dense novel. Yeah. Um, lot of I think plot. it needs more time to breathe. I was just, I don't, sure. I didn't get to live in all those moments that I would, as long as I would like, that would yeah. lead, I mean, the movie leads up to a very, uh, it, it's a very tragic ending, and it's a cumulative impact thing, like, the mm-hmm. whole movie, like, the... Um, like the snowball is rolling down the hill and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But I would have felt it even more if that were possible. The ending of this movie is very upsetting mm-hmm. and moving and complicated. Um, but I agree with Ben on that. And like when this is, we talked about this after the, after we saw it as well, but like when Hap breaks his leg um, and mm. that almost feels more of an excuse to then have um, like Henry show up and be like, you have to rent my mule, right. which is, an important point because so much of the movie is about um, like these invisible structures that support um, white privilege and like keeping black people down. Um, but in the broken leg just ended up feeling like a plot point oh, rather yeah, than it did right. um, something you really live in. It, it is at times a movie that feels like it's just getting, it's just getting from point A to B to C to D. Yeah. 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 Just, Ultimately just... I don't care because I think that the performances are so amazing in this movie. And mm-hmm. I think D Reese does an extraordinary job um, directing the hell out of this thing. I think it's an overwhelming achievement that is totally hampered by this problem with too much story. And then, mm-hmm. and also like, um, just on that same point, there's a moment earlier in the movie when Carrie Mulligan is doing a voiceover about how one of the first things she has to get used to with farm life is being surrounded by death. Mm-hmm. And we see shots of like a dead possum and oh, like, yeah. blood and all I this love shit. That sequence. It's yeah. great. And but Mary J. Blige. Oh, with the chicken. Twisting, and twisting the chicken. That's an incredible shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm a vegetarian for the record, uh, <laughs> but it's a great shot. But, um, Obviously, there's violence throughout the film, um, and there is a death from like a minor character later on um, when his wife, his pregnant wife, uh, or I guess she's not pregnant at that point, but murders him because right. he's cheating on her. I actually don't really feel like there's a cloud of death surrounding like most of the scenes in this movie, mm-hmm. except for the scenes that are about that. Mm-hmm. So I think that the world is totally lived in, but 
again, like specifically that got stuck in my craw because once we saw that montage of death, it was like, okay, now we have an hour right. where the only death we're going to see is at the war. Right. And I mean, and we're seeing like a profound um, moral failing um, in this environment when it, again, when it comes to racial and class divisions, but it, which ultimately leads to death or near death. Um, yeah. But when a white character was talking about it, like she wasn't talking about those issues. Yeah. Like if it was Florence's voiceover and she was talking about being surrounded by death, I would have more of a link between the idea of uh, a chicken getting its neck broken and a family being forced to wait on hand and foot mm -hmm. uh, for their, to their oppressors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. What do you guys think of? the war sequences um they were fine <laughs> ben shrugs <laughs> they were fine i i thought they were quite enthralling i love jason and, mitchell's and i i thought to myself dunkirk wishes <laughs> i totally disagree i mean dunkirk put an imax camera in a plane and crash landed it on a body of water i don't know i just would love to shit on Dunkirk in every episode. <laughs> so I approve of that message, even though I do disagree. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> this is the first, like, pro-Dunkirk thing I will ever say. Well, I'm glad nice. I can provide that for you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yes, of course, Dunkirk is doing something completely different yeah. and what Dunkirk achieves is incredible and it's over it. But I thought these war sequences, first of all, for me, were unexpected. You know, I guess the plot of the movie is that two men return from war, but right. I didn't realize that we would go that we war. would go to war with i would have them. liked and those sequences were really powerful i would have liked more I, um i kept thinking I during this movie more. i just would have liked the hbo miniseries of this a lot more so yes absolutely it's funny like, you bring that up it's a good movie same cast same been, crew yes. same everything just let give it be them six hours yeah give them four more hours to tell the story yeah I, that's a really good call mm -hmm. Yeah, because I thought when when you're talking, I was like, "What if this was a Netflix series?" Yeah, yeah, you know, instead of a or at least a two hour forty five minute movie. Mm -hmm. She wanted to do it as a feature yeah. film. I mean, mm -hmm. it 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 is an epic that does feel sort of reined in at mm -hmm. points. Um, like I would have liked more war scenes, not not scenes of war, but more wartime. Yeah. sequences. I would have liked to have spent more time with Ronzel and his girlfriends, apart from just the morning that he finds out that the war is over, you know? Right, that and, did feel brief. And when Garrett Hedlund's character, whose name is Jamie, Jamie um, after his friend dies, mm -hmm. is shot in the head, and then we see him just, like, slugging back a pint of whiskey and is, like, handshaking or whatever, and mm -hmm. then that's all we get of that. And I would have liked to see how he interacted with the people around him and explored the PTSD yeah. in that way, too. Um, but again, I really don't care because I think the performances are so good, the direction is so strong, and the world is brought to life so vividly. I just loved this movie. <laughs> I loved so much about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a minor quibble that we just wanted more of it. Yeah. Like, um, even at 2 hours and 15 minutes, yeah, it could have been 2.45 mm -hmm. and would not have felt gratuitously long. No, or, I mean... I could have, I guess I could have used less of um, Jamie, Henry, and the Carrie Mulligan character, Laura, pre-farm. Mm. Like when they're at their little debutante balls or whatever. Right. Sure. I could have used less of that. Sure. I didn't really yeah. care about that. Um, I was actually surprised how much we got of that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, before landing on the farm. Yeah. Before they became... Mudbound. That's nice. right. Oh, and baby, are they mudbound? I just love... The shot of the mud. Carrie Mulligan yeah. walking through the Carrie mud. Carrie Mulligan walking through the mud is quite a shot. Yeah. I think that the 
top contender for best costume piece slash prop of the year has got to be Mary J. Blige's sunglasses. Those sunglasses. Uh, sunglasses. How incredible are those They're things? They're so good. They yeah. are iconic. I, I mean, Immediately iconic. Speaking yes. of extending this movie by 45 minutes or four hours, I could have watched Mary J. Blige sitting at a table understated like burying every choice like i could have watched it for hours she's mm-hmm. so fucking good in this movie yeah she's she's among the best things that comes from this movie um one of my favorite scenes is when um oh gosh character names what's his name Ronsell mm-hmm. uh is sitting on the porch and he gives her the chocolate oh, and she God. go doesn't she go to take like a little bit of a piece and he's like no 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 you Take it's yours. it's yours. Take the whole yeah, thing for once in your life. The whole thing right now. Mm. Huh? He tells her to eat the whole thing right now. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. want her to say I could have watched Mary yeah. J. Blige savor a channel bar yeah. all damn day. Yeah, she's incredible in this. And she, so she got runner up at the Los Angeles Film Critics Association for Supporting mm-hmm. Actress. That's great. It is such a moving performance. And the fact that she makes it all seem so easy and effortless and that she's making so many choices literally without batting an eye because she's really not giving you much a lot of the time really gives you an idea of this woman and her place in society and how she's Mm -hmm. adapted to live Mm -hmm. and she ends up being the soul of the movie i think absolutely yeah can we talk about the framing device um oh yeah that we it's like the brief encounter the carol thing yeah yeah that we start in media res in this oh it is they're they're burying Happy, mm-hmm. and he what's his face not jamie the husband henry henry mm-hmm. henry stops mm-hmm. hap and florence as they're leaving mm-hmm. to and makes them help and we don't know the circumstances under right. which this is happening but we know we that it's a huge faux pas mm-hmm. um and we, and we sort of get a hint that pappy was a racist because there's the comments about He'll, he's going to be buried in a slave's grave and how mm-hmm. he would not have liked that. Right. So um, you yeah. can feel the tension even yeah. without the context. But, yeah. but then we don't, in the beginning, we don't know that uh, Roncello is dead beneath the... Isn't he literally... Do we think that he's dead? He's not dead. Not dead. He's, he's, um, but right. he's, he's after... near death. He's near death. He goes blind, right? Yeah. No, he no. Gets they cut his... Yeah, So he's muted. He's muted. Sorry. And he's, Apologies. He's not he's dead, like, but he is incapacitated. Yeah, yeah. We, don't, we don't know that he's... Right. Later in the movie, there is a, we don't know that he's At this still point, living. it is a question, is, are they carrying a dead body? Right. Right. Well, because this family has a dead body, mm-hmm. um, so your mind goes there that way, too. But yeah, um, then we learn that, yeah, he just got his... Oh, man. When we finish the scene, and when Hap... Uh, when when uh, Henry tries to get... Hap sons to help out. He's mm-hmm. like, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, that's a great scene. So mm-hmm. I'm not really familiar with Rob Morgan, who plays yeah. Hap Jackson in the film. I'm looking is. at his IMDb page right now because I think he's incredible in this film he as well. Is. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if I've seen him in anything else. Daredevil, Stranger Things. Oh wow. Um, and that new Godless show. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but he's also outstanding. I want to talk about um, white privilege in this movie, and I want to talk about the relationship between the families, and which of the white characters, um, or or how each of the white characters is contributing to this system, whether uh, happily, um, in Pappy's case, or just by not challenging it, um, or by 
taking advantage of it in ways because I think that makes up a lot of the tension in the movie mm-hmm. because it, it in a way it, it's um it's like an old um like an old feuding family's story in a way sure. like there's an inevitability to it that it's leading to a clash between these families yeah. who are supposedly living peacefully near one another but one family of course knows and is willing to talk about the fact that they are being ripped off harassed mm-hmm. um and taken advantage of and only certain members of the white family are willing to acknowledge it. And in Henry's case, he's like, this is just how it works. I'm not doing anything wrong by simply um, operating within a system that advantages me. That's, that's way, the way the world works. Like, right. I'm not a bad person for doing what I'm allowed to do. Right, right. Whereas Carrie Mulligan's character is a little, like she, there's a scene where she tries to talk about it. Well, I mean, obviously, like, you have three white guys on the mics right now. Like, this is not really... The perspective that anyone wants to hear about this. Right. I'm really, I'm, I'm totally exactly whelmed by this movie, mm-hmm. and I really don't have much to say about it. That's just like totally, I don't have much to say about it. They're operating within a system that exists. I think so. Jamie's character, mm-hmm. or Daryl Hedlund's character, Jamie, even by befriending. Roncel, because they had this time in the war together. Right. That that is a bond they created outside of their race. Mm-hmm. And so Jamie's operating in the same, sort of in the same space as uh, Laura and the fact that, okay, let's challenge this a bit. Like, right. Even we though... can be friends, and, but of course, Henry, doesn't he take issue? He takes issue with it. I mean, obviously, Pap does. He takes the biggest issue with it. Oh, I think, yeah. Well, Henry, because he's a total hypocrite who doesn't stand for anything. Like, he's yeah. a spineless son of a bitch. Like, his whole... When he goes to confront Ronzel at their house about how he shouldn't have told him and Pappy that he served honorably in the war, <laughs> like, defending their rights right. to be there, and how he was treated differently abroad, fighting for the country than he has, like, coming home. Henry goes to be like, you keep saying that, like, I can't tell you what's going to happen with Pappy. Like, rather than just, like, say to his dad don't cause any trouble. Like, he knows he can't change his dad's mind. He's a dyed-in-the-wool Confederate racist, right? But they're, like, obviously, obviously you don't blame the victim, and that's exactly what Henry is doing. Right. Um, I find that character so frustrating, in a good way. Henry? Um, Yeah. Yeah. He infuriates me more than anybody in the movie, because he's he's in that place of... He thinks he's doing the right thing. Right. Well... Another idea this movie gets out that I like so much is how when it comes to uh, racial oppression, it's not just the people who say the slurs, Mm -hmm. like Pappy, the people who uh, make it clear that they think that you are less than them. It's the people who stand on the sidelines and prop up this system Mm -hmm. um, through their silence or Mm -hmm. through their apathy or through their complacency. Like... And I think that is a very relevant idea um, in this country, like specifically around white women. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and I think that the movie does a brilliant job at articulating th- this invisible yeah. um, spider's web. And, and a lot of critics um, have been latching onto that. They say this movie is extremely timely. Like the yeah. theme that this movie addresses in 19, you know, what, World War II. Right. Like, we're dealing well, it's with like, it today. It's the same thing with science fiction. Like, all period pieces are about today in some way. Yeah. Or, this... or, or it could be a cultural idea. It could be yeah. commenting on a political reality. Um, yeah. But uh, Mudbound, 
This is what, like, so Mudbound uh, certainly feels like an old school epic in a lot of ways. Like, mm-hmm. the kind of movie that wins seven Academy Awards in the 1990s. Yeah, so... But it does something really radical by shifting the perspective and giving half the time in the movie to the uh, Jackson family. Mm-hmm. Right, if this was, like, that, 19... That is what's new about it. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's just rare to, like, live with a family from this perspective in a period piece. Mm-hmm. Um... And, and to see, rather than the movie, or like a and white... And to see them discuss their hopes and dreams. Yes. Beyond where they are right now. The the girl who wants to be a stenographer. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a really good point, because... And they're actively working when uh, Karen Mulligan invites Mary J. Blige to work in their home. It becomes a point of Mary J. Blige's own agency that she's taking the job. She's right. doing it so that they can leave. Right. E- even though Carrie Mulligan <laughs> asking in the first place is sort of an egregious display of right. white privilege. It yes. was just assumed it's going to happen. Ex- exactly. The The Jacksons are never asked to do anything. They're told to do things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in the guise of a question. Right. Right. Um, and again, like, I think the movie does a great job at articulating the unsaid in that, in that way. Mm-hmm. Going back to what you said about this feeling like a big old school epic, which it does, um, and if this was, you know, the 1990s, it would be a surefire Oscar contender. Yeah. And and this year, as I think we should bring up, it being a Netflix film, which is having oh, yeah, sure. an effect. Um, it even reminded it, me uh-huh. tonally, and not like thematically, but tonally like Hacksaw Ridge, which I only saw half an hour of, but there is, like, just the the way that the story is developed over the, like, the entry points into the film. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, it is this, there's just this, like, rapid-fire plot building, and it is this, like, old-fashioned Hollywood epic way of constructing a narrative mm. yeah and and this and does it interesting well because hacksaw ridge is a bad movie right and it made a huge <laughs> splash awards wise right that's right mm-hmm. and surprisingly it's not going to yeah and well this, we don't know that it's we don't know yet to. but this is remaining on the fringe right it's yeah. it's 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 like in everyone's predictions it's like the 11th or 12th right you know slot for best and, picture and netflix and, is a huge part of this problem so I will admit, I watched this movie at home. I made sure I did it on my biggest TV available. I put my phone in the other room, turned off all the lights. I made it a theater experience. Um, popcorn, maybe. You know, of course, some popcorn. <laughs> um, and I loved it. And I probably will see it again on the big screen. I think it, I think it deserves to be seen on the big screen. Well, I, go, I think it go is. now. I know. I'm gonna Netflix run out. isn't going to keep it in theaters. I'm going to run out of time. Uh, but still at Lemley. We were lucky enough to see it in the theater, and um, I wish I'd seen it on an even bigger screen. Yeah. Yeah, it, it deserves to be seen on the big screen. It it also, it deserves to be known. Like, some people, I'll bring it up, and they'll be like, oh, is that that Netflix movie? And it's like, no, no, no. It's the new D. Rees picture. It's the new D. Rees picture, right. Yeah. And, and the fact that it's being sidelined, and, and it's it's even getting sidelined harder, I think, than Okja. At, at the time of its theatrical release. Yeah, I I, mean, that's accurate. I don't even remember Oakja's rollout. Um, it felt stronger than Mudbound's, and Mudbound deserves to be a Best Picture nomination. Anecdotally, Oakja had some amazing billboards in Hollywood 
that had like a cutout of Okja or, or like of uh, the factory smokestack, the rows above the mm-hmm. billboard. Uh-huh. I see mudbound bus ads. Like not on the sides of buses at bus stops. Yeah. But I'm not seeing like the same huge PR push for it. And that might not be accurate. This is just right. what I'm seeing. Right. I just yeah, I feel like there was just more press for Oak Jeff. Well, and we know that um when it was released a couple Fridays ago, the still was a picture of Garrett Hedlund and Carrie Mulligan yeah. dancing. Like really? they yeah. miss totally represented the film. Yeah. It's just not being handled very appropriately by Although I had, I did see one nice for your consideration ad in the Hollywood Reporter. Well, it had the cover of. Um... They've had a lot of covers, and they they're sending I mean, out. Like, I was full booklets. I was supposed to go to this big FYC event for this movie today. Like they're they are putting money behind it. Good, good. But Mary J. Bly was Bly like was in the actress roundtable. There's an awards right. campaign for it, but I don't know. That's that a different thing. You're it's right. not. The PR campaign that Oja had to get people to watch it. It's not that. right. We need people to to see the movie, which people it's struggling with that even. Yeah. If this was released by, you know, a Sony Pictures Fox, Classic, this or seems a like a Fox, Fox, this is a Fox Searchlight does... movie in its blood. Like yeah. It is, I think. Yeah, and if it was released by Fox Searchlight, it would be making a much bigger splash, and people would know about it. I mean, this is a movie that has like an eighty-five on Metacritic. It won the Gotham. Ensemble. I think it could. It has I a think very recognizable SAG ensemble. Yeah, very I hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, I think it will get SAG nominations because Netflix always has a really strong sewing. Idris mm-hmm. won. Did yes. he for Beasts of Beasts of uh, It does. They do really oh, right. well because like commercial actors in Oklahoma are part of SAG, right? And they watch Netflix. Well, in, in Netflix, I mean in. Academy or like actors in Los Angeles watch Netflix right. too. It's like, just it's, ubiquitous. Exactly. But the issue, and and this is a whole other discussion about whether Netflix is a net positive or negative Mm -hmm. for film distribution, but I really find it fucked up and antithetical to the the purpose of acquiring a movie in the first place, to bury it on your website. Mm -hmm. They should have made Mudbound the splash, I mean, there's no splash page on Netflix, but think about how they do Stranger Things. Like, Stranger Things is all over Netflix. Yeah. Why not do that for Mudbound? Yeah. Why not? It's weird because their original movie releases... They don't promote. Like, they bury them. They're, they're not even on the main page. I, I had to search for Mudbound to yep. find it. I had to search for Meyerowitz stories to I find it. I did too. Oh. Which is wild. That movie has Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller in it. I know. Why isn't... Meyerowitz story is at the new bed this month. I wish it was Mudbound in 35. Me too. <laughs> that would Hell be, yeah. That would be more exciting well, than this, Meyerowitz This movie has got a lot of... Texture. Uh, yeah, it, does. it would be interesting the to see mud. projected. Yeah, um, a lot of yeah, mud in I, this movie. I really, I really love this movie. It's it's gonna be in my top twenty this year. It's, I was really moved by it. Yeah, and that was really me special. sitting on my couch at home. I can only imagine yeah. seeing it on a, big, on a big screen, and I should. I, I think mean, I'm being a hypocrite with it. They were, and it's just like getting people to the theater is the hard part. But mm-hmm. no one is lost on this. Right. No. It's I'm, very effective. I'm just very much here for Dee-Rees exploring and interrogating the interiority of characters. She does it so beautifully in Pariah, which, have you guys seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, I have not, fucking unfortunately. Amazing. And I'm, it's one of the great coming-of-age movies. I'm very, very excited. I think it's excited. on Netflix. It is on Netflix. You can watch and, it. Um, I will, 80 minutes, you could just give yeah. it a, give Yeah, it a it's really great. Um, oh, and she directed um, 
Bessie, too. too. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen Bessie. Which but... won the Emmy for, like, Outstanding TV Movie or yeah. whatever. Um, I love Dee Like, Dee Reese is a major force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think she is a another one of these really talented filmmakers who paints with empathy, which mm-hmm. we love on this podcast. Um, and I just really love the attention to detail to the way that these characters fit into their environments, yeah. which is a recurring theme, I think, in her work. Um, I, I just like filmmakers who are humanists. And mm-hmm. on top of it, I think she has an incredible eye. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she like. I mean, her, 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 her cinematographer, Rachel Morrison. Yeah. Uh, yes. I think that she lights these scenes evocatively, beautifully. It's, it's a gorgeous movie for being it, covered some... in mud. There's yeah. some really weird framing choices in this movie. Yes. Like, a lot of the wide shots. There's this one uh, wide in the barn where Jamie and Ronzel hang out to drink. Mm-hmm. And Ronzel's in the back oh, yeah, of the yeah. frame and the left, and Jamie's sort of in the middle, and there's, like, wooden beams everywhere. And it's not really a balanced shot. Right. Um, and it almost has a slight canted angle to it. Mm-hmm. But it's very striking, and it totally works. And yeah. it's surprising. That's yeah. not how many people would shoot that scene. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of, that's one of my the most close-ups in scenes. this movie. Jesus Christ, yeah. the close-ups in this movie. Jason I, Mitchell, making me weep. I just think uh, D. Reese is such a talent. And uh, it really... I just want this movie to do so much for her. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it will. It will. I think I it's worth hope. mentioning... We talk about indie filmmakers who are given the keys to the kingdom in the franchise world, superheroes. You get like Mark Webb, who makes 500 Days of Summer, and then goes to Spider-Man, sort of falls flat on his face. Well, a better example is Colin Trevorrow. Right. Um, is and he the new Spider-Man. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, oh Homecoming, who did uh, uh, Cop Car. That's a great movie, Cop Car. I didn't see it. Oh, it's insane that he went from Cop, Cop Car, Car right, to right. But hold on. Here, here, here's my point. Film. A lot of times... Uh, not rookie, but filmmakers who are just starting out, I do not think can handle the scope, can handle all the nitty gritty mm-hmm. of big franchise filmmaking, like big studio temples. And I think it's worth pointing out that in her third feature film, but in her second uh, theatrical film, Dee Reese like bit off so much yeah. and she actually could chew it yeah it's her second movie and she makes this sprawling epic in the mississippi delta um which if she was when a... it comes to scope and stakes like i would say are comparable to a superhero film and she pulls it off admirably if she was a white straight man she would already she'd, the, she'd be directing a star be... wars she'd have a star wars she, she marvel disney would yeah. be giving her a call but yeah. honestly i'm i sort of am of two minds about this because I want filmmakers I like who are starting out to make money. I want them to be encouraged. I want them to have access to the studios if they if they so choose. Right. At the same time, like you want them to do their own stuff. Do your own fucking story. <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. Like Edgar Wright is such a good example. Um, the whole saga with him and Ant Man. Um, he was hired before like the MCU was all put together, and he had all these original ideas for it, and they kept sanding off the edges. Blah blah blah. He obviously doesn't make the movie. Which ends up being a net positive. I'm dying to see what his Ant Man would have looked like, but yeah, then we sure. get Baby Driver, which right. I like more than you guys. But no, I you, like it a lot. Oh, great! I didn't know that. You you get a I'm the only you get an you get an original vision like that rather right. than a fucking comic book story. Right. right. So yeah, I want Dewey's to be handed the keys to the kingdom. My whole my whole point is like she proved that she could do it yeah, in exactly. her second film. It's like exactly. um, 
I think uh, Ryan Coogler is a good uh, oh, dude. comparison yeah. to what D-Reeves is doing. And I know he yeah. is doing a He's Marvel Black movie Panther, now. But Black Panther looks incredible. It does. Black Panther's going to be fucking And he did Creed first mm-hmm. as his second film. Right. And it is like a hugely forward in scope and yeah. vision from Fruitvale Station. I, I don't even actually like Fruitvale Station that much. And I like it fine, but Creed is a, a masterpiece. I Creed is a incredible yeah. like it is the movie that studios should always be always. striving for yes. and, and he elevated a franchise film with that as well yeah. and similar yeah. to how d reese takes mudbound and shifts our um regular perspective on a period piece by swapping out rocky to creed mm-hmm. completely changes what the story is about yeah but ironically, also linking it back to the struggle, like Rocky struggle in the first film. Like it's yeah. the closest analog to the original Rocky movie in terms of the character struggle, right. even though it is from a character with a tremendously, uh, uh, a huge disadvantage that Rocky did not have. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. I think that Garrett Hedlund and Jason Mitchell are, are extraordinary phenomenal. in this movie. I think that yeah. their scenes together are the best thing in it. Yep. That friendship is incredible. Um, Jason Mitchell should like already be an Oscar nominee for Straight Outta Compton. Straight Outta Compton, yeah, and he should again be an Oscar nominee for this, and yeah. probably won't. No, yeah. he. I mean, yeah, I don't think he gets nominated, but he totally should. Right. Yeah, they they both deserve it. And Jason Mitchell's, I I love that he uh, sort of sneaks in halfway through and steals the whole fucking movie. Yeah, it becomes his movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really special. Yeah. It ends on his voiceover. Yeah. As it should. In that wonderful uh, reunion. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, his... is not what you expect at, at the end of a really uh, disturbing, sobering take on race relations of yeah. the early 1900, or like the post-World War II era in the South, which are, I mean, the KKK is still here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's not that different. Um, today, uh, what am I saying? Um, well, the it ends on that. Oh, yeah, you don't expect uh-huh. it to end on uh, a grace note like that. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, it's a, a happy ending. It is, yes, exactly. In and its, it's way, just, it's a nice little thing In its about. Way, yeah, because isn't his final um, voiceover just a meditation on love, like loving people and just. I think that's right. Which is really a beautiful exactly. way to yeah to end it. It Hang reminds it to, me like, of a fast bender because there's some. German women with African men mm. in Fassbender. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, like um, uh, Ali Fear, it's the, the soul. soul. Yeah. Um, one episode I just wanted, to, I mean, we've already talked about Far From Heaven on the podcast, but I want to do All That Heaven Allows, Far From Heaven, and Ali Fear, it's the soul. Yeah. All in the same episode. Oh, that would be fun. Nice. Yeah. That's quite a trifecta. Yes. Um, okay. Um, do we want to talk I was about. I to say something. Oh, yes. I just think. Um, because it's so sprawling and a lot of that doesn't work for me. Until, like, prior to the last 30 minutes, I was like, why has this movie not been 100% Garrett Hedlund and Jason Mitchell? And then, like, the last 30 minutes really ties everything together. Everything coalesces really in a, nicely. In a nice way. But I, and then it was just like, well, then I just need more time. And I just would like to reiterate, I just need more time. Sure. And that's, that's a fair argument. I, like I, you said, it'd be a great fucking miniseries. I, I, um, I totally hear you on that because I think, like I said, the best parts of the movie are the Ron Sell, Jamie scenes, that mm-hmm. relationship, which sort of encapsulates the entire theme of the movie, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But 
if it's just focusing on them, you miss Mary J. Blige sitting and thinking. It's true. You know? Which is very Which powerful. Is just as good in a lot of ways. Like that's ultimately why I love the ensemble nature of the story yeah. is that you get to live in this same world with all these different characters and understand who has the power, who doesn't have the power, but how they're all human nonetheless. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful movie. Um, I hope Mary J. Blige gets nominated. Um, I hope Jason Mitchell gets nominated. Yeah. It would be nice if that happened. I think that, I think that they have play we have, in SAG. We're basing SAG. our thoughts that they are not in play on like the Critics Awards, and we don't know what the well, movie is. Not just Critics right. Awards, but the fact that Mudbound is this big epic movie that everyone should be talking about even if they don't like it yeah. like it, 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 it should be an event movie like yeah. it should be uh, the english patient like or dunkirk. yeah and talk about dunkirk well exactly yeah. like in, in seinfeld there's a whole episode about how english elaine patient. doesn't like the english patient and she's the only person who doesn't like it and like everyone turns on her when they find out <laughs> yeah they're like mudbound it should be that like Could have the like, joke should be that ben didn't like mudbound enough you know mm-hmm. like the yeah, fact that it becomes I, ubiquitous I, and everyone's seen it and heard about it like it, this is or like Jerry what the... making out in Schindler's List. Yes, oh, God. <laughs> when Jerry makes out in Schindler's List. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, we should do I a want... Seinfeld episode and talk I... about the way that Seinfeld really makes pop culture references its own in a way that no other show is able to. I do. want to talk about that would be great. <laughs> I would love to do not that. just like the like the John John of it all, yeah, but the Rochelle Rochelle, oh, all the fake movies, yes, in Seinfeld Rochelle. World. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made a long journey from Milan to Mintz. Rochelle, Rochelle. Bette Midler, he uh, runs into Bette. Oh, no, George. Is it George or Kramer who uh, runs down Bette Midler at the softball game? That That's George. George, yeah. Anyway. How fun. How fun. What a digression. Yeah, so... Um... I just want more people talking about Mudbound. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's, it's on your TV at home. Just watch it at home like I did. Everyone Put your phone it. in the other room. Yes. Don't interrupt no it. I, I think I think it's a I think it's a movie that builds. I think it's a bit of don't hit the pause button. Do the pause no. button is the worst thing. Yeah. Do not pause this don't movie. Don't allow because, yourself to hit the pause button. Yeah, because the tension builds and it grows, yeah. and pausing it would break that. Yeah. Um, I hope one day that Mary J. Blige's sunglasses are in the Smithsonian <laughs> next Same. to next to Dorothy's ruby red slippers. <laughs> Amazing. So. Um, Oh well, actually, Brandon, you're the you're the MC today. So what up? All right, so we're gonna we're gonna segue into talking about um, the critics awards that have um, been announced so far, um, and sort of what the Oscar uh, landscape is. We've kind of touched on it how Mudbound should be more of a contender right now. And we talked about New York, uh, the New York Critics Circle last week. Pretty. Oh, we did. We did well. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, great. We can talk about but LA. We, which but we just, need to talk about LA. It just came out today. No, sorry, NBR. We already talked about we NBR. We talked about NBR. Oh, right. So that was already. New York and LA happened. New York, uh, Lady Bird took Best Picture, which mm-hmm. is exciting. Best um, film. Best Let's film. get the language they use correct. And best Sean film. Baker took Best Director, which yeah. we have covered a lot of the New York film critics uh, winners yeah. on this show. And Every then, film including that came Best out Cinematography during... today. The run of the podcast. That's right. About. And today, LA Film Critics named Call Me By Your Name best film. Mm-hmm. And Luca, Greta... Luca Guadagnino, best director. And uh, Mr. Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, Toro. tied for best director. And I just want to say, did I mm-hmm. not text you guys this afternoon and say Sally Hawkins is going to win? You best did. Film? did, and you she did, and, and she, she did. did. And Greta Gerwig won the, the what like is it? Next Generation. Next Generation, which, which, I, which I Ryan Coogler has won before. Oh, that's great. Um, I can't remember. Who, uh, Barry Jenkins probably won last year. 
Um, I, I'm not sure about that. I'm gonna. Well, you know what? If it's wrong, it's wrong. Right. So here's yeah. a here's a place to, here's a place to start about the Oscar race, um, and this is like annoyingly on brand. How great that Faces Places wins Best Documentary at LA and New York. Yeah. As predicted, Faces Places will be the critics' favorite going into the Best Documentary race, but, but it will not win. Jane is tugging Jane... on the heartstrings a little too firmly. I know. Yeah. I think Jane is gonna do it. Yeah. And it won the it was the runner up. It was the runner up. LA. Yeah. And what was interesting, this is off topic, but uh, animated, mm -hmm. Coco Ray is the front was, runner, um, yeah. but today Breadwinner won. Well, yeah. you remember they gave it to your name last year. Yeah, LA always right. does some interesting shit in animated feature. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I do think anyway. Coco, which we then you saw all, like, today. What is your name? Yeah. Because it wasn't hadn't been released in America mm -hmm. yet right. last year. How, how great I is the, the scene in your name uh, when, when the character's like, I have been inside you, and you have been inside me. <laughs> it's so good. And the way he says it. Too. It's yeah. great. It's, um, shit, how, what do I think about that movie? It's like, uh, oh, uh, it's like Groundhog Day meets Eternal Sunshine as well as mine. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's a good way to put it. Um, ben, I you just, saw Coco today. Oh, I did see Coco today. It's a great movie. Um, I think it has, I think it's going to win. It will. Best animated film. Is the Olaf short going to get nominated for Best Animated hey, yeah. Short? No. It's, no. <laughs> it's so much a ploy. But again, Suicide Squad did win an Oscar last year, so I wouldn't put it past the Academy to be tone deaf in their yeah. choice. Thank God that short's being removed. Thank yep. God. Lance the Boyle. So, Jesus. Um, let's talk about perhaps we could call new presumed frontrunner Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. He's definitely the front runner, I think, we, right now. I who, who definitely don't Hanks? think so. Gary yeah. Oldman. Um, think Gary Oldman's oh, Yes, and it's too early to say definitively one way or another that he's not in contention. I have but said no to you guys... talking about Darkest I have, Hour. I, I totally agree. I think that Darkest Hour, and I haven't seen it, and I like Joe Wright, I think he makes more radical it choices like than people give none of us, credit. None of us types are going to be talking about it. But right. I think there is talk that we are not privy to. The Bel Air circuit yeah, are watching they, it and talking they're about gonna it. They're going to light up like it's a big fat does that mean, does that mean people are movie? talking about Victoria and Abdul and we don't know I think, I think that's out. You do? I do. I think that's what out. What if Judy Dench gets in? Best She could, but I think Best Actress is simply too stacked. Too yeah, I think. And you can never write Judy Dench out, but like you got Sally Hawkins, you got Frances McDormand, you got Saoirse Ronan, you got Margot Robbie, and you got Meryl Streep. Yeah, who leads? Who 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 like leads? That's that's the category. Yeah, yeah that's like the category. some people aren't predicting Sersha, and I'm like, she is a two-time nominee. The Academy loves her. Yeah, and the film is playing so well. Yeah, to it, but you know, it's like, it's she, like I think she's the best a, actress. It's a younger, hipper movie. Like it might not land with the Academy. No, it's like what are you with talking about? All ages. Everybody loves this. Movie. Everybody loves this movie. And I think it's a movie that the, stays with you. I think this. I think Sersha's the front runner for actress. I don't. But really, I think there's Sally. I think oh Meryl. I think I just think Meryl or Sally. Yeah, I just no. don't think Saoirse Ronan is going to win for Lady Bird. I, I think that I mean we have no idea what she's going to do the rest of her career, but it is hard to think that this will not be a career defining role for her. Right. In the way that Annie Hall is mm -hmm. Diane Keaton. Yeah. She will always be Lady Bird to a yeah. lot of people. Myself right. Yeah. Yeah. So very, I mean, yeah, we have hopeful. It's just a tight race. In it's I. As much as we want. I constantly underestimate what A24 is able to pull off in the awards race. They did win Best Picture last they year. They won did. Best Picture last year. They did. For even after Brie Larson was winning every single award, I was sure that Saoirse Ronan was still going to win the Oscar for Brooklyn. Really? Just because I thought that 
is something that would hit with the Academy it's more. It's such a classical yes. type of story. And she's better. And, Correct. Um, Absolutely. And <laughs> I'm just like, A24 is just able to position their movies in such a James Franco's going to get nominated yes. in a movie about the fucking room. Yes. Which Brandon has seen. I did see The Disaster Artist. Which and... I don't think we're planning to talk about on the show, are we? No. No, we don't have an episode. So, well, why don't you tell us a little bit so, about it? I'm a big fan of The Room, and I think having a love for The Room um, and being familiar with The Room definitely enriches the experience of seeing The Disaster Artist. But mm-hmm. The Disaster Artist, it's a well-written movie because um, Scott News I can't pronounce his name. It's the 500 Days of Summer Yeah, team. those guys, and Spectacular. Now, they're, yeah. they get nominated. Their screenplays right. get nominated. This screenplay will get nominated because Adapted Screenplay is weak this year. Oh, right. Um, I think Wonderstruck gets nominated. It could. It, it's, it, it it's will. It's a weak year. Yeah. Um, it's like, shot like, Call Me By Your Name is the front runner, not only because it is one of the best movies of the year and the script is perfect, mm-hmm. but no other movie is a plausible contender or a plausible winner. Right. I think yeah. The Beguiled gets nominated, maybe. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's, it's a weak adapted year. Yeah. And you know, the Beguiled is a great script, but it's not the kind of movie that automatically gets nominated Correct. at the Oscars. Right. But yeah, the thing the thing about James Franco possibly getting an Oscar nomination for playing Tommy Wiseau, I think it's hilarious. Mm. I mean, I don't think that role deserves an Oscar. He does a good impression of the guy, and that's it. I right. mean, he does a really solid impression of Tommy Wiseau, and that's... Well, Gary Oldman the... might win an Oscar this year for doing a pretty good impression <laughs> of somebody. Right, so they just love impressions of real Having people. Having not seen Darkest Hour, but... Um, but the, but the movie's joyous. The movie is, is really hard not to like it's because a, it's so filled with love for yeah. this weird uh-huh. cult film. And it's, tell me if I'm right about this, it's the kind of movie that Hollywood people are going to love because it's about, it's, it's like close to La La Land and then it's about dreamers who mm-hmm. yep. come to this city to make movies. And to... Someone someone tweeted, they you know, they or no, their letterbox log was in the little music quote emoji Here's to those. Here's to the ones who dream. Right. Because it's yep, similar theme. Tommy Wiseau he just wanted to make a movie and he did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank so God Tommy Wiseau like... saved jazz. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Truly. God. Um, but yeah, I, I I like Disaster Artist. I think it's um, the power of A24 that it is a, a, a Oscar contender. Right. Right. Okay, guys. We we still are pretty good on time here, so there's a lot more to talk about the Oscar race. Um, do we want to actually give some predictions uh, just to compare where we to land where we are. on certain categories? Like, is sure. there any, anything specifically we want to talk about? Um, in a way, Best Picture is almost the most boring race yeah. every year. Um, yeah. Well, I think, not so much last year; it was great. But... I think similar to previous years, the the category that becomes the lock the soonest is Best Supporting Actor, and I think it goes to Willem Dafoe. Yeah, mm-hmm. which we've talked about this. Michael Stolbarg is the best supporting actor of the year. Yeah. But personally, I've been a fan of Defoe's for so long that I have so much invested in him winning this Oscar. And it's an amazing performance. So I I don't have the energy to get annoyed about this. Yeah. Do you think it's his best? No. Uh, it's one of his most sensitive performances. I think that people tend to box Willem Dafoe and by the Green Goblin, mm-hmm. by some of his mm-hmm. darker, cruel... No, 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 not Jesus. Okay. By his more... The crueler side of his filmography. Antichrist. Antichrist, yeah. all the shit with Paul Schrader. But Willem Dafoe and Platoon is one of the chillest performances ever committed to film. And his Jesus is pretty fucking chill, too. 
So th <laughs> this sensitivity that we're getting out of him in the Florida Project, we haven't maybe we haven't seen it in a while. I think mm -hmm. it's one. I do think it's one of his best performances. Mm -hmm. But it's like this idea that like Willem Dafoe is you've never seen him before. It's like mm -hmm. no, you have only seen Spider Man. <laughs> that's what pe that's how people are describing this performance. Though. Honestly, if it helps him win the Oscar, right. sure, yeah, have that's that line. But I wasn't surprised <laughs> to see him give such a natural performance like this. I just hope. <laughs> Ah, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I just hope. You just hope. You but um, should we say we think it's going to get nommed in supporting actor? Sure. Sure. Let's figure out who we all agree on. Michael Stolbar. So we all think Stolbar gets nominated. We all think Defoe gets nominated. We mm -hmm. all think Rockwell gets nominated for three yeah. billboards outside mm -hmm. of Missouri. And then it's um, Army. Uh, I think Army's on the cusp. I think he's on the cusp. I think Richard Jenkins for Shape of Water. I mean, I think it depends on how well the film is embraced by the Academy. Mm -hmm. but It will be embraced. Old Hollywood. Yeah. I think I think Jenkins gets in. Is he the preacher? No, he's no. Uh, her gay neighbor. Oh. They're friends. Spoiler Outsiders. alert! Outsiders. Oh, nice. It's kind of annoying, honestly. Mm. <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of annoying. Who else is, is there? Is that what we're talking about next week? Yeah, baby. Shape of Water? It is. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, more to come on that front. Um, sorry, I'm pulling up the Feinberg forecast. Yeah, I'm blanking on like who. Yeah, the other just to, just to get a list of, just to get a list of names I'll here. I'll throw up Gold Derby. Um, we can edit this out. Oh, jeez, what's happening to me? Do we think Mark Rylance has a shot for what? I don't think Dunkirk. So. For Dunk oh, he did have a shot. I think that shot has departed. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hate when shots depart. Um, Odenkirk. I mean, none of us have seen the movie. I people like are to saying sing. first they killed my father could get in for adapted. Oh my god, and Mudbound could get in for adapted. Yeah. That's right. Oh, look that's at that. right. Oh, and Molly's game. I think. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that one eventually. Okay, best supporting actor. Here we are. Sam Rockwell, Willem Dafoe, Army Hammer, Michael Starbuck. This is old, so Mark Rylance is in there. But otherwise, okay, Richard Jenkins, Shape of Water. Um, Guys, is there oh, a, Jason Mitchell for Mudbound? Is there a chance that Christopher Plummer gets nominated for all the? That would be amazing. Wouldn't that for, be fucking hilarious? Like a big old fuck you to Kevin mm -hmm. Spacey. I, Ray Romano funny. is on the cusp for Big Sick, which I kind I of am into. I think he needed the Indie Spirit nomination. Oh, sure. More than Willem Dafoe did. Mm -hmm. You know, Holly Hunter's a lot for actress though. Supporting I mean, actress. Supporting is actress. She? I think yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, people she, love Holly Hunter. I know. Yeah, and she's I just incredible. don't know what the lay of the land is. Well, why don't we off. segue to supporting actress? Because sure. we all know we care more about this category than actor anyway. Allison Janney. Um, so Janney. Metcalf. Metcalf. Uh, is Tiffany Haddish getting in? Is that going to happen? Hope. I hope. I, I would say she's on the cusp. So. She's on the cusp. I think she needs to win. I think the New York win really helps. I think she needs to be I think a, a if, critic's favorite, though. If she gets in for SAG... I think she will get dominated at SAG. I, I, I think she will. I think if Melissa McCarthy can do it, Tiffany Haddish's performance is better. I agree. And I and I think... I think she and McCarthy's great in Bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't get me wrong, she's great. But... And, and, you know, she has, like, that sensitive, heartfelt scene on right. top of all the broad laughs. That's... And Tiffany Haddish does, too. The difference Which, is that... Which, her sensitive scene? That's what I'm worried about. She has... Her. I think she has two sensitive scenes. And one is when... The, the grapefruit? No. <laughs> no, that's a very uh, forceful scene, if anything. That's a pound, you know? Uh, I think she has two of these scenes. One is when the girlfriends are all splitting up for the first time, 
and she like freaks out on everybody and oh, then like, walks and then, and then walk, back and her forth. heel her and heel then, and then her heel so like the big exit she is like hobbling out so actually you're right that is a pretty emotional scene it's a and, really emotional and, and scene. that is her oscar clip well yeah. I, I think that or when she's like at brunch uh with one of them like the next day and she's like i know i'm silly but i just love you girls so much you know that scene? Yes. Yeah, yes. that's okay. yeah, that that's the closest analog I think to Melissa McCarthy's scene with Kristen Wiig mm-hmm. at her home when she yeah. gives her the pep talk. Yeah, it's a she does have a. It's just such a star making performance. It, I agree that it should get an Oscar nomination. Isn't it funny that we're even having to talk about it, like couching it in this context of are there enough emotional sensitive yes. scenes? Like, is the comic firepower not enough? Right. No and, one else could sadly, do that. Correct. Yeah. Sadly, it's not. You know, like, we yeah, have, we have to. That's just how the Oscars why operate. You give mm-hmm. someone an award for doing something that no one else could do the way that you did it. Right. And that is and Tiffany Haddish and Girls Trip. Yeah. She Fucking makes incredible. that movie. She, she is I the mean, reason I, that movie is I think, good. I think she's a reason. I'm actually a big fan of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like, earnestly a big mm-hmm. fan of that movie and what it yeah. has to say about friendship. Uh, but yeah, Tiffany Haddish does elevate it because yeah. she lends such an electricity to every yes. season. Um, so we're gonna she, say she's on the cusp. Um, yep. who's oh, the... Octavia Spencer, I think, gets in for The Shape of Water. Okay, right. It's a classic supporting her. performance, and they, and love, they her. love her. They love her. Now, what? remind me the actress's name in Downsizing, who I think Hong will Chow. get in. I think if that movie's a hit, she gets in. And, and like, I think it has to be a hit. I'm such a fan of hers in Inherent Vice, mm-hmm. so I would love for her to get nominated. I'm excited. I'm still excited for Downsizing. My expectations are tempered. Yeah. Um, so who else is in supporting? Leslie Manville, maybe, for Phantom Thread? Oh, ben sure. just saw Another Year. Yeah. Did you love it? I'm... 14 months away from being Leslie Manville. <laughs> I'm less than that away from being like the drunk guy. Um, I need let's to see. revisit that movie. So, uh, okay, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'll say my oh. predictions would be Allison Janney, uh, Laurie Metcalf, Holly Hunter, mm-hmm. Octavia Spencer, and fuck it, I'm gonna say Mary J. Blige. Okay. What do we think about like Melissa Leo in the conversation for Novitiate, which I have not seen? I, I don't think that's funny at all. But why? Have, why have people been like confidently predicting that for so long? They and, have. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I guess. And I, I love feel her, like so the that... performance might be that good. Are y'all not saying Holly Hunter? No, I think I said Holly Hunter. I said Holly Hunter. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I need to open my ears. What, what, okay, so what sure. do you guys think is going to get nominated in supporting actress? I need to pull it up. Um. What are you guys looking at? I just I'm on gold derby. I am um I am more confident in Tiffany Haddish than Mary J. Blige as a fifth. Yeah. And I but I do think that the other four that you spoke of are probably I really think that Haddish getting nominated depends on winning more critics awards. She needs to be the overwhelming favorite. And she needs to get the Golden Globe win. She needs to win. You think she needs to win? For best comedy. No, they don't separate. They, they don't separate. Do we think she's more likely to get nominated at the Globes or at SAG? SAG. Me too. But I could t- like the SAG is more diverse. But you get. I mean, and by the way, you can't even uh, compare these performances apart from the fact that they're in broad comedies. Mm-hmm. But think about Tom Cruise getting a Best Supporting Actor nomination for *Tropic Thunder*. He's also right. such a big star. It was like right. stunt casting. But they nominated Ray Fiennes and the Duchess for supporting actor. Like, yeah, the supporting categories very... can always get kind of wacky at mm-hmm. the Globes. So I could see her slipping in there. But yeah, I think ultimately the actors will respect her so much. Yeah. So I think it's Allison Janney, Holly Hunter, Laurie Metcalf, Octavia Spencer, and probably Leslie Manville. That would be my. That would be so great. That it would, would it would my, make up for yes. the, one of the biggest Oscar snubs I think of the last ten years is Leslie Manville Leslie not getting in for another year. year. 
That's or our Hong Chao for downsizing would be my five. Yeah. Sadly, I don't think Mary J. Blige or Tiffany Haddish get it. As much as I want both of them in, I'm just, I don't think. This could be another Oscar so white year. Yes, it could. It's very popular. Which I think is really frustrating because there's a lot of great performances this year from people of color. Like, Yeah, I think it is going to be sadly very white. Like, that would be really disappointing. Alone. What? Uh, on the Beach at Night Alone, which will not get any Oscar nominations. Kim and he probably the best, uh, next to Saoirse, the best actress this year. Yeah. Yeah, what she does in that movie is, is really incredible. Is everything? It's pretty <laughs> Every remar- human it's emotion? It's remarkable. I find myself thinking about that movie almost every day. Same. But this one quality to her performance that you feel, you you can feel that this is a person who has spent the past year, A, by herself, Mm -hmm. B, miserable by herself, C, feeling the weight of all that accumulated time together, Mm -hmm. and the fact that she has been probably obsessing on this one point about the director Mm -hmm. and about the broken relationship. Uh. Like, you can really feel that in her performance, like that she's both sick of her surroundings and sick of herself, but is sort of resigned to being here because she's depressed. Yeah. And, oh, fuck. She's so good. She's so good. And she's so funny. Jesus so Christ. Funny. She is so fucking funny in Hong Sang Soo movies. The look on her face when she says, I'm like this every day. And she's it's my smiling. favorite line in the whole movie. <laughs> it is. And she's, I'm like this every day. Great. <laughs> Great. I love um, that scene. She's re- uh, if you guys get a chance to see The Day After, which mm-hmm. is another one yeah, of the three Hong Sang Soo movies this year, it's my least favorite of the three, but Kim Min Hee is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. She's playing like the straight man, essentially, to all this all these comic antics around okay. her. And like watching her like stare at people's idiocy and disbelief is is one of the funniest things I've seen this year. I love that. Um Okay, so, so uh, lead actor. Uh, yeah, let's do lead actor. Tom Hanks. Hanks. I think Hanks could win. Yeah, yeah. Hanks probably Hanks wins. Isn't it? Timothy Chalamet. Yep. Gary Daniel Oldman. Day Lewis. Yeah. James Franco. Gary Oldman. That's your five. I yeah. don't see any. I don't see Jake Gyllenhaal getting in. I think Dan- I don't see Daniel Kaluuya could get in, depending on the strength of Get Out. Right. If there's the a lot of love for Get Out, he could get in. I, I think that would be amazing. He, yeah. Uh, well, James Franco will win the Golden Globe. But he could right. be, um, I, I wouldn't count him out, certainly for a nomination. Oh, he'll definitely get nominated for the comedy yeah. actor of Golden Globe. Right. Now that it's in comedy, which I don't understand the controversy around that because Get Out is a horror comedy. Yeah. So I don't get Yeah, that. I mean, I... <laughs> it, it also wouldn't, con- it wouldn't play, it wouldn't have a chance in drama. I wasn't surprised either. I think that... When you hear about the reaction uh, about how to classify the film from people of color who feel very strongly about the fact that it is not a comedy, like there right. are humorous elements, right, but it right, is a right. deadly serious topic, like literally sure. a deadly serious topic. It is. It is. That's when I really have to re-examine my own perspective on sure. this. That's, um, no, that's that's a very very good point because it, it is a very serious, relevant yeah. topic. That's not even a though matter. frankly, I would if if you had asked me uh, a month ago to classify it, I probably would have said comedy or musical. Right. Well, it is it is a horror comedy because there is that character who is comic relief, right? I mean, and it, it's a dark. It's dark like a comedy. surrealistic genre blending thing, right? Um, yeah. I think that it's the idea of like putting the emphasis on the comedy over some of the more serious elements of the, sure. the, the movie. Sure. Anyway, I think that he has a shot at a nomination. If Thompson does think Jake Gyllenhaal gets in for stronger, oh, I got to know what Anne She's has to say. Fifth. Who remembers that role? Uh, in that performance. M- maybe maybe Academy members who get the screener. Yeah. Honestly. They pop that in. She's also predicting Leslie Manville. 
and Mary J. Blige. Hell yeah. Over. Oh, what happened to Dead Zell like, for Roman J. Israel Esquire? Well, apparently that movie's that a big movie fucking flops. mess. Mm-hmm. Which is Andrew Garfield for Breathe. I hope not. I don't think that's happening. That's embarrassing, that movie. Um, so should, I'm pretty good. Oh, um, we talked about Oldman a bit already, but I do wonder if this is, I think this could be a real turning point year for the Academy and how. If Oldman doesn't win. If Oldman doesn't win, because apparently this is just like the most straight down the line, like slam dunk, like Mm -hmm. Gary Oldman becomes Winston Churchill, you know, like. It's so classic Academy to choose that performance. Right. Out of a bevy of. Dynamic if Timothy Chalamet wins Best Actor, I think that you are seeing the turning in, point. You're seeing the impact of Cheryl Boone Isaacs as Academy President. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I hope to God that fucking happens. It would be amazing. Okay, so and but I do think that Tom Hanks might be more likely than Timothy Chalamet. Right? Yeah, I think it's Gary Oldman, Tom Hanks, Timothy. But I believe him on the record as saying that that is the best performance by any actor this year is Timothy Chalamet. And Correct. Call me by your name. Correct. Uh, have not seen the Phantom Threads, um, nor the Post. Right. Okay. Oh, did we did actress already? We, I think we're all we're in good. agreement about we're, what those five are. Jump yeah. around. Should we do director? That's a little challenging. Well, let's do director. Let's end up. We'll do director and then we'll do picture and then we'll call it a day. It Great. is challenging. Yeah. So my say is Christopher Nolan, Guillermo del Toro, Spielberg, Spielberg. Jordan Peele, and the fifth is really a toss up between Greta and Martin Madonna. Okay. I think. Ben? I don't think Jordan Peele was in. Really? <laughs> I do, but I'll okay. get to my prediction. I think so. I think we have Nolan, Del Toro, Spielberg. Mm-hmm. I do think Guadagnino is going to get in. And okay. how about the other G? What am I forgetting? Gerwig? Double G. Ah. You're not predicting Gerwig. I'm not predicting Gerwig. As much as I would want her, and I don't, sadly, I think they still don't like women. I I think that's what happens. That would be a shame. Mm -hmm. It would. If if neither Greta nor Jordan Peele get in, that's a real fucking shame. I got to say. That is a real goddamn shame. I I think one or both of them get in uh, for a number of reasons. I asked to Consider this. Consider this. Get Out and Lady Bird are two of the most beloved movies of the year. Not just in quality of the film, but watching it. The experience yeah. of watching it. People talk about... I, I have heard people's theater-going experiences with Get Out and Lady Bird at, you know, a million times at this point. These are right. two of the favorites movies this year. It's the best times people have had at the movies. For that reason, I think they both get in. Uh, and wow. I, I think Spielberg gets in. I think Nolan gets in. I think Del Toro gets in. Hmm. I think that's your five. That would be my ideal. I think that's your five. That would be great. I just, I just. You don't have the faith in the academy. No. For them to do that. We'll see. That would be very exciting. We'll see. I mean, uh, it's it's not unheard of for a first time director to get a nomination. It right. just happened with Ben Zeitlin for right. Beast of the Southern Wild. Right. That came out of nowhere. And that was that was more of a. Um, you only need like sixty votes. Right. To get in. But I, I mean, the Beast of the Southern Wild was so a big small. hit at the Oscars, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it was in the top three. I think that it was a movie that a lot of people loved and they yeah. voted for it yeah. and down, you know, down ballot. Um, I think Dwight Henry should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor, by the way, for that movie. Yeah. And I, but anyway, I think that Lady Bird and Get Out will operate in a similar way. People who love those movies love them. If you vote for Get Out and Best Picture or vote for Lady Bird and Best Picture, I have a very hard time believing that those voters don't also stick Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig in the directing category because they are those movies. Yes. Like, they're, but different they're people voices are voting. Shine, 
No, totally. Right? No, what I'm saying for is nominations. I'm, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, only the, the director right. is that is nominating true. directors. That's true. That's true. Um, and I think a lot of the old white directors of the Academy think Greta Gerwig wrote this movie and that's about it. Yeah. Well, what were we just saying about A24's ability to inject right. themselves into the award? But I'm just, I'm still... You're being safe. And try not to get our hopes up. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do picture. And then um, let's call it. So I'm going to say uh, Dunkirk, mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name, Get Out, The Shape of Water, Lady Bird, The Post, Three Billboards, Florida Project, Darkest Hour, and I'm going to put at number 10, if there's a 10th, it's going to be I, Tanya. Ooh. I think I, Tanya gets the best fucking picture nomination. I... If there's 10. I don't think there will be 10. I think there will be 9. And I think that is the 9. American Hustle is a movie that I love. I just think it's a great movie. I don't think it got nominated because it was a great movie. I think it got nominated because it was this pastiche of Scorsese and like the American Rise and Fall story, Goodfellas, blah, blah, blah. And I, Tanya is that. Yeah. Um, it, 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 I think that it rips off Goodfellas a lot more blatantly and transparently mm-hmm. than uh, American Hustle does. But for the same reason that that movie got nominated, I can see I, Tanya getting in. It, yeah. It's a very flashy movie and it, remind, it reminds people of some of their favorite movies, whether or not this one is actually as good as those. Yeah. I, I Tanya is good. Uh, good. Ben, what do you think? I have a list of nine, and I think it is exactly the nine that you said, but I can't remember. Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Doug and Kirk, The Florida Project, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Post, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, guys. I think... I think it's a ten here, first of all. I think it's gonna be ten. That'd be fun. I think it's gonna be... Because then Mudbound could get in. Uh, let me finish my predictions. Okay, okay. thank you. (laughs) I think that The Post is your best picture winner. Mm-hmm. And then you have sure. Dunkirk, Call Me By Your Name, Get Out, Lady Bird, um, The Shape of Water, mm-hmm. uh, The Florida Project, mm-hmm. uh, Mudbound. Three, did I say three billboards? Mm-hmm. I did? I don't mm-hmm. know. I think you did. I oh. I did I say Lady Bird? Yes. yes. Okay, I'm going to say three billboards. I don't think you said it. Great, oh, that's nine. Sorry. And then I think ten is Phantom Thread. That would be exciting if I got it. I've or heard it's his most it? accessible movie in a long time. It's less than two hours. That's big. So Whoa, really? Like 115. Did I, I, wait, did I say Get Out? You said Get yes. Out. Okay. Because you said the first four, and I was like, those are the four that are actually in convention. Your, yes. your two outliers are Phantom Thread and Mudbound. Yeah, I those think, are the I, two think I think they're getting in. I just, I've heard... I said the Florida Project. Did we all say the Florida Project? I said we all said the Florida Project. I've heard and I've read articles that, like, the way that the math has to work out, it's like, nine is really, like, you're never going to get to ten. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just impossible. Well, then, then hold off Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. Hold off Phantom Thread, and that's yeah. my nine. So I just want to take No, I, I appreciate it. Didn't we, have we not had a ten year since... It yeah. became fluctuating? It is only eight or nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they say just statistically it's impossible. Well, I guess it's going to be nine. Yeah, it'll probably be nine. Again. Um, Can we just... Great. I... <laughs> We've been talking uh-huh. for so long. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've been rambling about the Oscars for a while. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. Can I just close with one final thing? Mm-hmm. The The narrative of Get Out, if Get Out wins Best Picture, which I think it still has a chance, a long mm-hmm. shot, but a chance, it would be a similar narrative to um, 
Silence of the Lambs win that one. Of course. It's a movie, it's a horror movie that came out in February. February. People talked about it nonstop all year. Yeah. And then it won't win, you know, all the acting awards, but it could win, you know, uh, screenplay. Screenplay yeah. and like picture. It'd be, it'd be exciting. It would be exciting. I think that it, um, I think that it presents an iconography around like, uh, the scary side of white liberals yeah in the same way as like Hannibal Lecter became ubiquitous in the pop culture yeah Mm -hmm. like it is just like as a monster on screen it is just as terrifyingly rots and instantly yeah it's a movie that like Bradley Whitford saying I would have voted for Obama a third time is one of the all-time moments in film Mm -hmm. I think yeah it's not a movie that I would it definitely wouldn't be my number one if I was an Oscar voter would it be my top five? Maybe. I don't know. It depends on what else is nominated. Mm-hmm. But if it wins, I would be thrilled. Me too. Yeah. It's my number six. Um, so if I was doing five, it would be right outside. But um, I, I, but I, I hope it... I... Of what gets nominated, though. Like oh, your, I see what you're saying. Faces Places, I assume, is higher for you. It is. I understand. I it would be in your top five of Best Picture. A hundred percent. It would be in my top three, because there's no way in hell Quiet Passion is getting nominated for Best Picture. All right, so moral of the story is everyone should seek out Mudbound. By the time this episode comes out, it probably will be out of theaters. So it's just... only open in 17 theaters anyway. Yeah, so, so... I, we didn't talk about that, but this is, in the, this is where uh, net, the Netflix conversation goes as well. The coasts are really the only people who benefit from yeah. the 17 theaters. So watch it at home. Theater. Don't hit pause. Go pee before. Put your phone in the other room. Mudbound is worth it. And it is an Oscar contender, and it's a great film. That's all. Any closing comments? Um, just want to rep for Mary J. Blige's sunglasses one more time. <laughs> um, and I think that, as I said before, Jason Mitchell and Garrett Hedlund are out of this world in Mudbound. Mm-hmm. I just and Dee Reese is a fucking master. She, she is. is. She is a master. I just wish, at the end. When Henry goes and asks, says he needs help uh, burying Pappy, that Mary J. Blige said, we don't need no hateration in this dancery. Oh my god. (laughs) That's all I would like to say. Fair. (laughs) Uh, Well, great. This Mm -hmm. has been Movies IMO. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BKKirby. I'm Ben Empey. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. I'm Daniel Crook. You can find me on Twitter at Daniel Crook with three O's. Um, but you're not on it. But I'm not really on Twitter right now because, uh, again, I'm too Take busy. I'm thinking about Mary J. Blythe's sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe even. Subscribe. Be friends with us. Live our lives. Yes. Well, that's taking well, that's... a step too far. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> put, put me in the song in place where I deserve and live my life. You just give me my face. <laughs> The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.